Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Emergency podcast of the No Huddle Show. I am Elliot Shore Parks here with Matt Lombardo. On Saturday night, we found out that the Eagles will be playing in the NFC Championship game. And after a wild ending to the Sunday night game, we know who they're going to be playing. And that is the Minnesota Vikings. And Matt, if you don't mind, I want to start with a little bit of a a prolonged thought on this game, if you don't mind. Sure. Go right ahead. The floor is yours. All right. All right. Well, as you know, I take a lot of pride in my weekly prediction. So much so that I'm never willing to nail it down until I feel confident making it, which is right before the gun. That's about when you see what color arm sleeve Carson Wentz is wearing in warmups or how much franchise swag is taking place on the Eagles sideline. Right. You you, you can make multiple picks during the week, but it doesn't count until you see pregame warmups. And I'm happy you brought that up because when I make picks, I go with my gut. I go, what what I'm seeing, what my gut tells me. When I saw Carson Wentz wear that all-white arm, all, all arm sleeve against the Panthers, I knew the Eagles were winning that game. And since Wentz was a quarterback last year with Doug Peterson, I'm 25-7 and seven picking him, and that's solely with my gut. And I'm not going to brag, but I've picked some pretty big upsets. Last year, I picked them to beat the Steelers. Picked them to beat the Vikings last year. I picked them in some big games this year. And I guess the point I'm making is this. When I have a feeling about a game, I'm almost never wrong. And Matt, I'm telling you right now, no listener, the no huddle listeners, book your tickets. The Eagles are beating the Minnesota Vikings next week, and they are going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm confident about it. I think this is the Eagles match up very well with the Vikings. I think this is for for a number of reasons we'll get into, you know, throughout this quick emer- throughout this emergency pod. I think this is going to be an Eagles win. Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you, Elliot, and I'm not going to base it on what we see in warm-ups or a feel or a gut feeling or any of those things. But watching the game tonight, I think the Eagles dodged an incredible bullet in oh, yeah. having to match up against a Hall of Fame quarterback because as much as Case Keenum had that heroic miracle touchdown pass, and that was a miracle based on the, you know, poor tackling efforts by the Saints secondary on that bomb to Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. You saw Drew Brees drive down the field, hit Alvin Kamara for a touchdown, and then lead them back down the field again for what appeared to be a game-winning field goal. You dodged the bullet of facing a Hall of Fame quarterback who was one on the road before, who was one in the playoffs in Philadelphia before, but you do draw a Minnesota Viking team who enters with the number one overall defense in the league. They're the number two rushing defense behind the Eagles in the NFL, and I think the Eagles win the game as you do I'm fully expecting to be in Minnesota in three weeks from tonight but I will say this 
I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be pretty. And I certainly don't think we're going to see anywhere near as many points that were scored either in Pittsburgh today or in Minnesota. I think this is a yet another defensive struggle. And if you're an Eagles fan, you have to hope that the defense can force a couple turnovers and Nick Foles against a far better defense than he faced on Saturday night plays as well or better next Sunday as he did against the Falcons. And that's the thing. I mean, the Foles is definitely going to be playing a better defense, although the Falcons defense had been playing very well as of late. I'm not saying they're as good as the Vikings. The only point I'm making is that the Vikings defense was playing at a very high level going into that game, which was one of the reasons I thought it was going to be close. But the other thing is Case Keenum. I mean, if you just talk about his game versus Saints, I think you know, he definitely had some throws he would want back. I wasn't overly impressed. Clearly, you throw that touchdown at the end. I mean, you got to give him credit. And I thought the completion to Adam Thielen beforehand was impressive as well. Adam yep. Thielen got a, a lot of credit for that, but I thought the throw by Keenum was very good as he was going down. So, look, Ke- Case Keenum is probably a better quarterback than Nick Foles. I that, agree. That's, right? So I'll just put that out there now. But Case Keenum has not faced a lot of good defenses this year. I was looking at their schedule. Case Keenum has faced a top a defense that finished in the top 10 four times this year, if you don't count Week 17 against the Bears, when the Bears had nothing to play for and the Vikings really didn't either. I know they were trying to clinch that, but that, I'm just not going to count that in my personal record book. It's not counting. So if you just look at the top four, the four times he's faced top 10 defenses this year, he was 2-2 two and two with five touchdowns and two interceptions. That's good, not great. And the Eagles will be easily the best defense he faced this year. Eagles finished fourth overall. So while the Vikings defense is very good, the Eagles defense is really good as well. Oh, I and don't disagree. Be- I don't I don't disagree that the Eagles defense is very good. But I also look at what we watched last night and we saw an Eagles offense that they were led by Jay Ajayi. He only had 54 rushing yards and they were led by a really efficient in the second half, at least. Nick Foles, but it never looked like Nick Foles was fully in control of that football game. And so that's why I disagree. Down- that's why I disagree just a little bit. Okay. I, so um, I know watching it live, I agree. I kind of got that sense. But when I rewatched the game this morning, I think he played his best two quarters of football in the second half against the Falcons team, then more so than the Giants game. So yep. I'm not saying complete control on the way that he looked like the M- MVP out there, but I do think Foles is coming into this game having played his best football of the season. I, I, I totally agree. And, and I'm not trying to say that he looked like he didn't belong on the field. I'm just saying right. that he didn't look like what we saw out of Blake Bortles in the game today or like we saw out of Keenum today in the fourth quarter or at any other time or Drew Brees in the second half today. He looked like he was probably the fourth or best quarter fourth or fifth best quarterback playing this weekend in the postseason and the Eagles are going to need to get at least that level of production against a Viking defense that's very very good and what makes this if there's anything that makes this a difficult matchup for the Eagles I think it's the matchup I'm sure we'll go position by position later in the week but it's the matchup of the Eagles running game against the Vikings run defense. And you look at just what the Vikings have done throughout the course of the year. Eagles rushing offense averaging 132 points yards per game rather and they have nine touchdowns. The Vikings rushing offense 122 yards and 15 touchdowns, so 10 fewer yards per game but nearly double the touchdowns. Eagles rushing defense number 
one in the NFL. They've allowed 79.2 yards per game. Vikings rushing defense number two in the NFL, allowing 83.6 yards per game. So the rushing defense is essentially even. The rushing offense is essentially even. Where I think the Eagles get a little bit of a boost is they happen to have a far superior offensive line than what we saw the Saints have today. But this is probably their toughest test. And we can talk about all the individual battles that Lane Johnson has won won against Von Miller, against the likes of uh, Ingram and Bosa with the Chargers, against Jason Pierre-Paul, Demarcus Lawrence with the Cowboys, on and on and on throughout the course of the year. But this is the most complete front seven that I think this Eagles offensive line has faced. And if they win that matchup, they're going to have a good chance of winning the game. And one of the reasons why the Eagles offense played so well in the second half, Elliot, we saw the with Stefan Wisniewski and Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey, they were winning that battle up front. Mm-hmm. They were getting to the second level and the Falcons just look completely gassed by about midway through the fourth quarter. They do that again against the Vikings. They have a good chance of winning the ballgame. But if Minnesota gets a good pass rush or they hold Jay Ajayi in check and they force Nick Foles to beat them, it could get tricky for the Eagles offense. See, and, and see, but that, that's my thing is I think heading into this next game, there's a lot of components of the Eagles. And it's just one game. So, I mean, it's just the one, the one Falcons game because they weren't playing that great coming into it. But I think the Vikings, on the other hand, have also are probably are not playing their best football. Um, I mean, you know, they lost that game to the Panthers late in the season. Obviously, took a miracle play to beat the Saints today. But if you look at the Eagles, I mean, you mentioned that the Falcons' front eight, their front seven, and you know, their their defensive line is going to be a test. I agree, but I actually think that's something that's really going to benefit the Eagles because the Vikings have won this year with that defensive line and just swarming the opposing quarterback. That's going to be a lot tougher to do against the Eagles just because Jason Kelsey's playing at maybe the best center in the league in terms of just the level of play. Lane Johnson, you you wrote he's the best right tackle in the league. Brandon Brooks is playing very Tackle, not right tackle. tackle. Yeah, tackle, that's right. And and you look at Wisniewski – Mm-hmm. I think that not only was that Stefan Wisniewski's best game, but I feel like how Polaviti Vitae played his best game, actually having a competent starting guard playing next to him. And that's that's a, a huge boost for this offense because he was a little bit of a liability down the stretch this year. If, if Vitae plays as well as he did on Saturday against the Falcons, then that, that's a big boost up front for the Eagles. Absolutely. So I think that's a good matchup for him. And then uh, Jay Ajayi, coming off of probably his his best game of the year. I was a little surprised. I know during the game we were talking about how he didn't touch the ball a ton uh, in like the second or third quarter, but he did finish with a season-high 18 touches against the Falcons. I thought he played really well. So I do think the Eagles have a lot of things going for him. And again, Foles, I mean, he had the one reckless throw at the end of the half where he, uh, you know, it bounced off the Falcons defender's knee and into Torrey Smith's hand. But that was outside of that, I can't think of many passes he threw last night. I mean, he missed passes, but he didn't put the ball in harm's way a ton. I think Case Keenum does that a lot more than Nick Foles does. And I think that'll be an advantage. And let's yep. be honest here, when we're talking about, you know, just first thoughts of this game, the fact that this is at in Philadelphia is is huge in my I opinion. Agree. I mean, the Eagles have been very good at home as of late. I think they're like 13 and three or something like that 14 and three after winning last night so 14 and 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 one of those losses is the week 17 correct uh, right so so they're 14 and three over the last two years it's the best home record in the nfl um the one thing that i think works against them a little bit and this as this weekend shows 
it can change in an instant, but it's going to you reportedly be 53 degrees and sunny next Sunday. Mm-hmm. So that means by about six o'clock at night, probably somewhere in the 40s. But if the Eagles can, you know, get a cold front that moves through or maybe you get some snow, I think that benefits the Eagles because we saw against a Packers team that had packed it in without Jordy Nelson, without several of their key players, Devontae Adams, not in the game either. The Saints, or excuse me, the Vikings were held to 16 points. They only won that game 16 to nothing. The Eagles certainly mm. a far better team than the Packers are. Um, the defense is playing a lot better than that Green Bay defense did. So if it gets cold, if it gets windy, that's going to be another facet of home field advantage in the Eagles' favor. And the other thing is um, the Eagles, once again, get a, they get to play that underdog role. I mean, the initial line that's come out, Vikings by three and a half, some places it's four. And again, normally the home team gets three points, which means Vegas is telling you that they think the Vikings are six, six and a half points better than the Eagles. And look, I mean, they, the Eagles Now, what have do you Nichols. think of that line? Well, I mean, I would take the Eagles, obviously, because I'm picking them right. to win. But I mean, again, the other thing people remember is when they make these lines, they're making them with the thought of what the public will bet. And I do yep. think a lot of people are going to ride the Vikings. I mean, look, the Eagles win was, I guess, impressive in a way, but it wasn't like the, you know, they scored 35 points and kind of ease some concerns and the Vikings won on this last second miracle play. Um, so I do think that factors in a little bit. I think the, you know, the odds makers believe people are going to pick the Vikings. And so giving them points, I think just kind of, you know, wants them to do it even uh, once it's going to make people do it even more. Yeah, I, I I have no problem with the line, just like I didn't have a problem with the Falcons being a favorite coming in here. Uh, again, I think Nick Foles played well, and I don't necessarily list him as a concern going into the game, but I think Case Keenum is a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think the Vikings defense is a little bit better than the Eagles defense at this point. And again, my, my biggest worry is the Vikings' ability to stop the run against the Eagles' offense needing to run the ball to be successful. Because I think that you'd agree with this, that if they stack the box as the Falcons did with better personnel and they take the running game away and ask Nick Foles to win the football game, I don't know if he has it in him against this particular but defense. But let me, let, let me ask you this. So now we both had a, ch- had a chance to rewatch the game. Yep. Could you make the argument that Foles in some ways came out and won that game for them yesterday? I mean, he led them on like two drives that yep. were both 13 plus plays. They ended in field goals. So, you know, they they're, they're, that's obviously not good. But I thought he played his best football and the Eagles needed him the most. I mean, the two drives totaled something like 15 minutes. So he ate up a huge chunk of the second half. And on one of those drives, he really didn't get a lot of help running the ball at all. I think he was like five of seven for 70 yards, completed a bunch of short passes on the next drive. I believe that was the 32 yard run by a or run pass like screen pass. Um, so, you know, although I agree, you can't count on Foles to go out there and, you know, light it up. The thing that I love about the NFL and you just mentioned about things can change in a second is we could both have opinions prior to that Falcons game and have them be completely legitimate and have our opinions now, and they could be justifiably changed. And I think now that Foles has played two playoff games, I mean, look, I, again, I'm not saying that I would, if I'm a team next year, I would take Nick Foles be my starter for 16 games. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying Foles. And, you don't, and the two, Eagles don't need him to be. Right, exactly. But I guess what I'm saying is, 
Um, the Eagles, Foles has now played two games in the playoffs, and I used to mock it, but I will ju- I will say it. He did leave the field with the lead against the Saints, and he beat the Falcons, and he hasn't thrown an interception in two playoff games yet. So I'm not saying you can count on Foles to go out there and throw four touchdowns for yep. 400 yards, but I think, and the reason I thought the Vikings were a better matchup for the Eagles than the Saints, I think that this Eagles defense is playing at a very high level right now. I think that the Vikings they have talent. I mean, if you get to this point, you're going to have talent on offense, and they're a good team. But I do think the Eagles' defense is capable of holding this Falcons—not Falcons, this Vikings offense—to like ten or thirteen points. I really think I don't. That I they don't match disagree, well. Elliot. I don't disagree with any of that. And and I'm not even. I just want to preface this before people start, you know, blasting me with their angry comments you on YouTube and angry this. reviews. It'll be, uh, it'll be nice. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not even going that far. I'm just saying that what we saw from Foles, while it was good enough to beat the Falcons. I don't know if he can replicate that against the Vikings defense. And my fear is that he might have to, because if the mm-hmm. Vikings take the Eagles running game away and let's face it, the Jay Ajayi 32 yard screen was a big, big play for that offense. And it was due largely in part to Ajayi after the catch and the block by Wisniewski where he took out two Falcons. But the fact that they ran the ball as well as they did, and I give a lot of credit to Nick Foles, that drive where he marched them down the field, 70 yards and Alshon Jeffrey had 46 yards on that possession. And it wound up being the field goal that put the Eagles up 15 to 10, I give Nick Foles a lot of credit for that. And I'm not taking anything away from that performance or away from Nick Foles. Mm -hmm. My concern is, can he do it again? Can he do it against the Vikings if he has to throw for 300 yards, if he has to be the guy that carries the team? That's my worry. Can he manage a game? Absolutely. He showed you that. Can he protect the football and not turn it over? I totally agree. He missed some open throws, but like you pointed out, he didn't put the ball into trouble. There weren't any dropped interceptions by the Falcons. My worry is this is the number one defense in football. They can beat you both in the secondary with Xavier Rhodes or in their front seven. And if the Eagles are, you know, stacked with eight, nine guys in the box and they, they dare the Eagles to throw and beat them through the air, I don't know that Nick Foles can do quite enough. But he might not have to because he might only needs to win this game right. something like 12 to 10 or 15 to 13. I think, I think one thing that I know I'm guilty of, at least, throughout the season, we both talked about the year Doug Peterson was having, but I think the fact that Wentz was running the offense kind of overshadowed the job Doug was doing. But, I mean, you watch some of these playoff games, even today with the Saints and Vikings, and, you know, I mean, earlier today with the uh, Steelers and some of the decisions Mike Tomlin made, Doug Peterson, I mean, Foles might be one of the worst quarterbacks. Doug might be one of the best coaches coaching right now. Just totally in terms agree. of well, totally what he's agree. what he's capable of. So yep. I agree with you that, yeah, Foles as the player, there's maybe not a lot of things you like about what he does. But he is going to have the aid of having Doug Peterson. And we talked about this last night coming when we were leaving the press box and going down to the locker room. Um, one concern might be that maybe Doug like showed his hand of what he what he plans to do with Foles in order to make this offense work. Because obviously the Falcons game was, you know, the Eagles Super Bowl, just like this one will be. And, you know, every team, no teams are holding things back at this point of the season. I mean, Doug coached his best game he could with Foles at quarterback, and he'll do slightly different things against the Vikings. But that would be my maybe my one one really that I think is going to be a good matchup is the Doug Peterson, you know, offensive head coach, obviously, versus Mike Zimmer and that defense. Doug has to come out and have a really good game plan. I think he's capable of doing it. And I just think that, first of all, even though the Vikings are the number one ranked defense, were you overly impressed with what they did today? 
I mean, Grant are playing I, a better I was, offense. But. I was until until the fourth quarter when Drew Brees took over the game, which if you follow me on Twitter, I fully expected him to because it's Drew Brees and he has a history of doing that in the postseason. I thought that they played lights out. They held a 17 to nothing lead at halftime. And I thought that that was probably the most complete and dangerous offense in the NFL. And then Breeze did his thing in the fourth quarter and it took heroics by well, Case me, Keenum of all people to get it done. This. Let me ask you this. How much better do you think the Vikings defense is right now than the Eagles defense? I mean, if, to if me, you even think they're better, I mean, I would assume you do. But. No, I think, I think they're marginally better if better at all, than the Eagles' defense is. But you got to remember, it's not the defense against the defense. Right. It's the Eagles' offense against the Vikings' defense. And that's and what I, I, I see. That, I like the I don't Eagles' think that the Eagles, offense better. I don't think I like the Eagles', Eagles offense are, better. Than the Vikings' defense? I No, I like – what I'm saying is you're right. It's not the defense against the defense. Right. But I like the Eagles' offense chances of making a big play. And I know the Vikings just made that big play, so it sounds silly to say. But I like the Eagles' offense better than I like the Vikings' offense. See, I, I disagree only because I don't – I think that this is the, the most complete and most dominant defense the Eagles have faced all year. And when you just talk about Seattle, as banged up as they were, as physical as they were, and I know that it was on the road and it's a different circumstance, but with Nick Foles at quarterback, again, having to do as well or better than he did against Atlanta – I don't know that he's up to that challenge because I haven't seen this team with Carson Wentz or with Nick Foles play a defense as dominant as this one. Now we can talk about Denver, but you know, the Eagles jumped out to a big lead. Wentz was the quarterback then it's completely different circumstance and it's the playoffs with a lot more at stake. I think that this is the toughest test the Eagles will have faced all year. See, but I, 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 I agree with that, but again, it's not defense versus defense, but on the flip side, this will be the toughest test the Vikings have faced as well. I mean, this is the, – the Vikings have not played very many good teams. I'm looking through their schedule now. I'd I mean, say I was, the team they beat today was pretty good. Yeah. No, you're right. But the Eagles played – the Eagles beat the Falcons. They beat the yep. Rams. They beat the yep. Panthers. Now, no granted, doubt. again, they had Wentz. So, you know, in some ways it's two seasons. But I guess that what I'm saying is that I agree this will be a huge te- – the like, although I am confident they're going to win and I will not be changing my pick, there's no need for an asterisk. Like, that is my <laughs> that is my pick. Yep. But the Vikings are still a good team. I'm not saying this is like the Bears coming in. I'm just saying I'm confident they're going to win. But on the same side, while it's going to be a test for the Eagles, it's absolutely 100% going to be the Vikings' biggest test of the year, too. On the road in Philadelphia against a really good defense, against an offense that, yes, has Nick Foles. But we saw on Saturday night, Foles is maybe a quarterback capable of making throws late. I mean, he kind of showed that. I know they only ended up with 15 points, yep. and they need to work on their red zone efficiency and all that. But I just think, uh, and you know, I'm not saying you're doing this because everyone doesn't. We're talking about them facing a team, but I think this week will be important for fans and media and uh, you know analysis and stuff to remember that this is going to be the toughest test the Vikings have faced as well. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, again, coming on the road is one yeah. is is certainly you know gives that that added element to it. But I think that passing the test of beating Minnesota you know, the way they did to advance in the playoffs in in the fashion they did on a, a final, you know, walk-off moment, I think that's passing a pretty big test. Again, listen, I'm picking the Eagles to win, so I want to be clear about that. I'm just right. saying that I don't expect the Eagles to blow this team out. I don't even know that the Eagles score a touchdown on Sunday against this team, but I think that they do enough and the Eagles' defense is just good enough in terms of getting after Case Keenum forcing him to to throw an interception or two. Your special team's play improves because it can't get much worse than they were against the Falcons the other night. 
I think they do enough to win the game. I just think that fans should brace themselves for an ugly all-out war at Lincoln Financial Field. Yeah, and the Eagles just won one of those last yeah, night. I mean, on Saturday night. So absolutely. I mean, look, we're both picking. We're both picking the Vi- um, not the Vikings. We're both picking the Eagles. So I, it sounds like I'm a little more confident than you are, but we're both picking them. So you know, it'll be an interesting week to see at the end of the week after we get a chance. You know, study a little more, see what happens in practice, all that. We're still feeling that way. Um, like I said, I'm not going to change my pick. Sounds like you're leaving some wiggle room, which no, no, me no, of no. all people, I can respect. You're in? No, I'm, right. I'm in. I'm just, I guess what I'm trying to well, do here is. don't give the preview pot away too much. I mean, we, I got we you. want some I, suspense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just trying to, to leave some reason for, you know, realism over the course of the week and to, to kind of rein people in so they don't, you know, get to leave themselves open to disappointment if the Eagles don't blow, don't blow them out of the water. Yeah, well, what I'm saying is book your tickets to Minnesota, but if they lose, don't come at me with the money because I'm <laughs> confident, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But look, it's going to be a great week. Um, you know, neither of us root for the team. We're impartial, but it is exciting that they're still in it. I'm excited for the week ahead and, you know, interacting with the fans and doing all that. So it's going to be a very fun, exciting week. And if you listen to me, we got we got two weeks, more weeks coming up after that. So this, we're going to have a lot of stuff for you this week on NJ.com. Um, we're going to try to do what we will do, um, a podcast with a beat writer from the Vikings sometime this week. We're going to probably do – we'll do the instant reaction slash hot take pod um, later in this week. Uh, so make sure you tweet us those. And then, of course, we'll have our final preview pod for the game where we'll break down position by position – And uh, we'll explain to you again why the Eagles are going to win. So, Matt, going to be an exciting week ahead, and I will talk to you throughout the week. Should be a lot of fun. Talk to you soon, Elliot.